The 102nd episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod and Dexcom. Would you like your insulin pump to be small, lightweight, tubeless, and waterproof? Of course you would. And what about the speed and direction of your blood sugar? Wouldn't you like to know? Is it going up? How fast is it going up? Is it dropping? How fast is it dropping? Dexcom can help you with that and a lot more. So uh, basically, what we got here are two really great pieces of technology and two really great sponsors of the Juicebox Podcast. Later in the show, I'm going to tell you a little more and give you some links to go to. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is hopefully one of a kind. You'll never hear anything like it again. I am speaking today with Brittany Diggs. Now, you may know Brittany because for the last few days, her story has been fairly huge national news. You may have seen her on the Today Show talking about being abducted by a man at gunpoint and then at some point being thrown into the trunk of her car where she was trapped and fearing for her life. But she was able to find the latch to open the trunk and escape. How did she find that latch in the pitch black dark? She used the light from her insulin pump screen. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Due to some of the descriptions of Brittany's ordeal, you may want to pre-listen to this episode before letting your children listen to it. I don't see where most kids couldn't handle it, but you might want to be the judge. So um, I'm Brittany. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised there. Um, I just recently moved to Alabama. It'll be a year in May. Um, I've been a type 1 diabetic since I was 15, so just celebrated my 10-year anniversary on Valentine's Day of this year. Um, And I am a retired (laughs) track athlete. Don't run as much as I used to. Um, And I'm a nursing student. Brittany, that track athlete thing is going to come up later in our conversation, I guarantee you. Gotcha. <laughs> but so, okay, you were diagnosed when you were 15 and you were, jeez, right. 9th, 10th grade, right at, high, at the beginning of high school, maybe? Ninth grade. It was second semester of ninth grade. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, anybody else in the family have type 1? Did you expect oh. it? See it coming? Um, I didn't see it coming. I honestly did, didn't even know what diabetes was. Um, like... Uh, I used to see like, you know, like commercials for JDRF all the time, but I had no idea what it was. But um, I also didn't know how heavy it was on my dad's side of the family. Um, My grandma, grandpa, um, one of my aunts had it. She passed away from it. Well, because of it. Um, And like, I have like a great uncle. There's just a lot of family members on that side. And then on my mom's side, um, my grandfather had it. And one of my co- a couple of my cousins have um, diabetes. Now, the um, diabetes type two and type one, a mix, all type one. What is it? Do you know? Um, it's a mix. Some have type one and some have type two. Majority of them have type two, though. So you were going to get diabetes no matter what, pretty right? Basically, <laughs> like basically, my mom was prepared for. It. Like I said, I didn't know anything about it, but she knew. Like I, I have two other siblings, and I'm the middle child. And she knew one of us was going to get it. She just didn't know who. She just felt like that was going to happen. Yeah. And, and, right. and 10 years later, do either of your other siblings have type 1? No. No. Not at all. Uh, nope. did, you, 
you just a you're just a lottery winner over and over again, aren't you? Brother? Right, yeah, yeah just, just the oddball, right? <laughs> you're getting all the experiences nobody else gets. Um, oh yeah. So, so 15 years old, you leave. What kind of technology 10 years ago? Because my daughter's had type one. My daughter Arden is 12, and she's had mm-hmm. type one since she was two. So she oh. was diagnosed. I'm gonna go March, April, May, June, July, August. She was diagnosed about five months after you were. Gotcha. Right. And so, you know, when we left the hospital, it was this tiny little, what I look back on now and think of as a junky little meter, some test strips and some needles and a vial of it. Right. And they were like, that's exactly, that's exactly what it was. You go get um, it. Yeah. And, uh, but I've actually been on the insulin pump since I think, well, I remember that summer, summer, they, um, was like, I was able to get an insulin pump. So I've been on an insulin pump since then. So I think it was like maybe June or July of, uh, was that 2005? Yeah. yeah, been on it. Yeah. So. Did your family have to kind of advocate for you to get on a pump, or was it just your doctor kind of thought that way? Um, my doctor did. Um, my family, um, of course, they were like supportive as far as like you know with me being diagnosed or whatever, but they um, didn't push for it because none of them have one. So of course they didn't. They they don't know much about it. They still don't know much about it. Um, I'm just I'm the only one that has the insulin pump in my family. I see. Um. But I've yeah, I started out with the Animus pump and I just recently switched to the Medtronic uh, Mini Med, I think two years ago now. So Okay. Do you use a CGM by any chance? Like, I use the what? The CGM like a Dexcom, like a glucose monitor or anything like that? Um, well, I just use like something like the continuous yeah. glucose monitor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um I just got on that. Uh I wanna say Actually, it's been a year now that I've been using that. Oh, cool. So. Well, that's great. Well, yeah. you, you're all you're all gadgeted up, then. You're good. Right, um, yeah. I'm just everything new technology-wise, I want it. Yeah. So. You know, I, I firmly believe that, you know, you, you don't switch just to switch, but if something's, right. but if something's better, then, then you should, you know, you don't want to be the person like a decade from now who's like, wow, I didn't know people did it like this. And you're, right. you're old school in it with, you know, your, your, your version of uh, boiling urine to find out what your blood sugar is. You, you, exactly. Like, yeah. You, you don't want to be like looking back going like, oh wait, I'm the only one still doing this. So, right, um, exactly. so, I, so here's my question, right? So 15 years old seems like a very specific time for a young lady. And, and, yeah. and, and so you're, you're, mm-hmm. someone's telling you you have diabetes. You sound like you're an, you were probably an athlete back then. And, and is this something your parents, like, did they hand it to you and go, Hey, Brittany, here you go. Good luck. Or did they help you with it? Or was it a mix of it? How did, how did that, that first couple like year or so go as far as who was kind of steering the ship, I guess? Um, well, I was living with my mom at the time. So she was, um, she was very supportive of it. Like she, I feel like she was more, um, heard about it than I was. Oh, gosh. You have a wolf. <laughs> I, might as well call him that. Let me, let me get out of here. Um, it's fine. Please, there's dogs here that are going to make noise pretty soon, too. <laughs> right. He's a big um, um, American bull terrier, so wow, wow. he's huge. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. You actually, I'm sorry, Brittany. You could actually hear in his bark that he was big. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. He's huge. He's like 80, 80 pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Um, you know, you're fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, she was very supportive. Um throughout the whole thing. Cause like I did take it pretty hard, but I, like I said, I feel like she took it harder, like harder than I did. Um, and she, you know, was, I wouldn't say hounding me, but she was just making sure like I was staying on top of, uh, you know, um, making sure my blood sugars were good make sure I was taking my medicine. If I was feeling weird or acting weird, she was checking on that. 
Um, but she also knew that I was a teenager <laughs> and um, I didn't want my mom all in my face, but she still was respectful of, you know, my teenage ways, but also she was like, this is important. Like, this is your health. You need to um, take that into consideration. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that sounds like a really good balance actually. So, you know, so you, so were you, were you in track in high school or in school at that point? Yeah. I've been running since I was 10. 10. So, okay. And so um, competitive yeah, running, so, is, how impactful is that on your blood sugar when you're, when you're doing that? Oh, extremely. <laughs> um, it, 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 it could go up or down. Like if my blood sugar, um, wasn't like in the normal range before I ran, of course it would affect my race and I would feel awful during the race and after. Um, but it also couldn't be too, too low or otherwise, you know, in the middle of my race, I would feel myself about to like, you know, like pass out or like I've had shut off. Right. Just right. Exactly. Or it would happen right after my race. Like I, um, but even though I've been, you know, even I've been running since I was 15, well, you know, with diabetes since I was 15, I only had about like a few, I want to say maybe like three instances where it got real, real bad and I needed medical help then. But other than that, like most of them I can catch, um, or my, my coach or my, uh, athletic trainer with kids before it got too bad and back but, then yeah there's no glucose monitor then so you're just doing right. doing your best to keep the whole thing balanced and and yeah i guess exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah I, I didn't even get on the continuous i didn't even get on the continuous glucose monitor until after i finished running so it would have been so much more helpful while running but yeah. um it wasn't anything i knew about at the time yeah, so listen it, it, 10 years ago it didn't really it didn't exist so you know it's not like you were missing it it just it, it, just, right, wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't here yet so did you ever notice so my daughter plays um softball competitively as competitive oh, cool. as competitively uh-huh. as a 12 year old can do something and, right <laughs> and, and so and when um when um anxiety like you know anxiety stress but also like um you know, the desire to win, like competitiveness, when that hits her, her blood sugar goes like she needs insulin for when she's involved in a competitive situation. Right. Exactly. And that, so, that would happen. And then that happened to you as well. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to tell somebody sometimes you need insulin just for, for adrenaline, you, you know, and, and it's a hard, right, it's exactly. a hard thing to imagine really, but, but it, it's very true. So, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it's like a blood, like a sugar rush kind of, but you know, just, your body, like yeah. <laughs> preparing for what, what you're about to do. It, it's great. It's the fight or flight. It just, it jumps right. in. And, and it's funny too. Like I've, I say on here sometimes that, you know, if she goes to practice and nobody's keeping score, she can play just as well as she would play in a game, but her blood sugar doesn't go up because it's just, right. she's not out there trying to win something. You know, it's just right. this, this process of going on. So anyway, um, okay. So 15 years old and then, so you if so if you're 25 and been a nursing student for about a year, right? Um, it hasn't been a year. I actually started nursing school this past August, so just past August, okay. fresh fresh in the game. Yeah. So did you, <laughs> did you did you go to college and compete running, or did you? I did. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is my second degree. Um, my first degree was at Western Carolina University. Um, mm-hmm. that's where I ran track all four years. Um, and my first degree was in recreational. Therapy. I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit there. Recreational therapy. Okay, okay. And then, can you hear me? Okay, I can. But there's like music in the background or something like that. Okay, give me give me one second. Okay, guys, listen. Because of the nature of this episode, it feels weird for me to cut in and tell you like some personal story about using Omnipod or Dexcom or read an ad to you. Uh, but still, the 
lovely people at Dexcom and Omnipod who support the podcast would still like their ad read. Uh, so we're going to kind of meet in the middle here today. And I'm just going to tell you this. If you'd like to learn more about the world's only tubeless insulin pump, the insulin pump that my daughter's been using since she was four years old, you should go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. There you'll be able to put in just a tiny bit of information about yourself and Omnipod will be happy to send you out a non-functioning demo pod, non-functioning like you can't use it for insulin, but you can put it on your body and see exactly how it fits you, how it works and what it would be like to wear one. And then you can make a decision if it's right for you. Just the same, if you go to dexcom.com forward slash juice box, there's again, a very similar situation. You put in a tiny little bit of information about yourself and Dexcom will get back to you and you will start talking to them about continuous glucose monitoring. You know, this seems like a good time to say that Omnipod and Dexcom support this podcast to help people like Brittany get their stories out. You know, I'm sure they want you to go check out their stuff, but at the same time, you know, I've had conversations with the people who uh, direct these ads from both companies and, and their overreaching desire is for people with type 1 diabetes to be able to tell their stories to each other. Maybe today more than usual, I'm very proud to say that this podcast is sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod. And I'm happy that they've chosen the Juice Box podcast as a way to support the community. So, okay, guys, listen. Brittany's going to start telling her story soon about her abduction, and uh, it's it's pretty intense. Here we go. She got a four-year degree in recreational therapy, and you got to run track for four years at college. And still, right. that competitively, you've only had three medical incidences the entire time you've been running. So, exactly, since you're right. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good... Uh, so, so give me an idea. Like, what do you run? Is it, like... Do you do relays or um, sprints or? I was a um, like I was com- um, I was recruited for 400 hurdles, um, but even when I got there, like I um, somehow he was able to train clumsy me um, enough to do the 100 hurdles, which is you know definitely different from 400 hurdles. You don't need that much like um, technique; you just run and jump basically. But with 100 hurdles, it's a definitely definitely a different um, technique. Um, but I did those. I did the four by one, uh, four by four, uh, two hundred, the open four hundred. Like I, I did a lot. Um, and even when I was younger, I did pretty much every event. Did the long jump, triple, not triple jump. Couldn't get that down. <laughs> uh, but long jump, shot put. Uh, I did uh, high jump. So pretty much, I've tried everything. <laughs> You've tried everything on track. If I asked you, like, how quickly back in your in your glory of that time, like sixty yards, how quickly could you get? Do you know what? You're um. I, well, I did the one hundred. Um, that was about the shortest I did. Um, and then I want to say open oh, hurdle time or like just the open one hundred. Brittany, I'm going to stop you for a second because something's interfering. So I'm oh. going to go out on a limb and say maybe your cell phone's near the iPad. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Are you pretty much where you were when we started talking as far as like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's okay. I just, you, you kind of, your audio just went away for a second, but it's of course, now that mm-hmm. I've explained to you that it went away, it's completely it's, back. No. It's coming back. Yeah, so, <laughs> okay. So, so Don't like, you, hate that? Yeah, you know, you're like, if I had to just quiet it down for one second, it would have been, but so, okay. A hundred yards. How fast did you run a hundred yards? Um, I was, I would say it was like a, a low 12, like 12 to, um, 12, one ish. Like I wasn't, I was not, I'm not like a really like quick person, but I was quick over the hurdles. So over that the was hurdles. the main thing. And so, yeah, because right, when, I, yeah. when I watch, listen, my, 
listen, my, my, the extent of me running fast or jumping over anything, um, is, uh, falling down the steps. I don't do things like that, but, <laughs> but I do, um, but I do watch it on television, especially like at a right. time and stuff like that. And it is fascinating to see someone in that stride, just break the stride, jump the hurdle and, and hit right. the stride. It, it seems like quite a skill, you, you know, so it was intense. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. So, okay. So you get your four year degree, you ran track in college. Um, and then you, I guess, you, you went out in the world and you're like, hey, I jump over things. And people weren't excited to give you a job for that, I guess. Uh, right. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a tough skill to like to, to, to make a couple dollars with. And what, what, made, exactly. you, what made you decide to, um, to, to want to be a nurse? Um, well, I actually, um, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I always wanted to be a nurse. I actually wanted to be an obstetrician at first. Um, so, the, you know, I want to be a doctor and still... Um, d- deliver the babies basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my major going into college. And, um, you have to major in, in a, a science and I realized I don't like science. So <laughs> I was like, how, like, how can I do four years of this? Like, I really, really want to do this, but I can't do four years of this. Like, right now, I understand. So I started thinking, I was like, okay, like, right. So like, what's the next best thing? Like, let's, what can I still be? you know, in that setting, in that delivery room. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll be a nurse. And, um, and I did a lot of research and, um, it was something that I really, really became passionate about, um, like trying to make my way to becoming a nurse. Um, now the way my campus is set up at Western, the nursing program was 45 minutes away from the campus. And so there was no way for me to, um, be able to commute and um still run track that was my main thing like do I give up running because I've been running since I was 10 um do I give up running and and you know do nursing or do I just put it off a couple years still you know compete and do what I love and then you know pick up nursing later and so you actually did that wow right yes yeah. only major I could switch to that um did not require me to like in school too much longer was recreation therapy. Now, granted, I loved RT. It was, it was definitely an awesome program, and, and it's something I actually considered doing. Um, but I was like, no, I still want to be a nurse. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was still set in my heart. So, yeah, so um, I graduated and then started looking for programs for me to go to, and, and then here I am. And, so. Now you are and, so, you, and right. so you had to move away from home to, for your nursing degree. Um, and right. You haven't been there very long, you said. So you're in, Alab- you're in Alabama now. And right. uh, the rest of what we're going to talk about happened in Alabama. Is that right? Right. Yeah. 25-year-old nursing student Brittany Diggs was abducted, allegedly outside her apartment. She was forced to drive her car, and then her abductor stuffed her into the trunk of the car. So do you live on campus, or I'm assuming at 25 you probably have an apartment somewhere? I'm going to say, I have an apartment. Yeah, it's not you and, like, some 17-year-old girl living together in a... All right, no, no, yeah, it's two, <laughs> two 25-year-olds. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that to me or her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, you probably would just not... Right. It wouldn't go well, probably. Right, it, it would not. <laughs> okay. So, so we sort of, you know, as they say, buried the lead. We haven't really talked about, you know, you know what, what how I found you or anything like that, but... Right. But if anybody's been paying attention to the news over the last week, you are in fact the Brittany who was abducted and uh, and found her way free from her car trunk using the light from her insulin pump. Right. Yeah. And um, and so right. we're gonna spend the rest of the time, if it's cool with you, kind of talking about that because. Um, yeah. 
I'll tell you why. Like, and, you know, it would be easy to tell you like, oh, wow, this is sensational and people care about it. So I'd like to have you on the mm -hmm. podcast. But that's not really what, what drew me to it right away. So mm -hmm. I got up the other morning. I saw your story online um, and I just read it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't watch a video. I didn't hear you interviewed. I just read it. And I started, mm -hmm. I told my daughter about it on the way to school. And it just, you know, it's one of those things like it captures your imagination. Like, wow, someone abducted another person and, and shoved them into a trunk and told them they were going to mm -hmm. kill them. And like, and you're just like, you, you think as you're thinking about that, right. That it, right. That, that it's something you can imagine. Right. But I realized mm -hmm. after I heard you speak about it about a day later, you know, I think it was maybe, was it on, were you on today? The today show? Yeah. The today show. If this don't work, I'm going to kill you. Brittany says panic was setting in. My biggest fear was he was going to drive this car into a river. I'm going to drown here and nobody's going to know I'm in this truck. So when I actually heard you speaking about it, it wasn't as much hearing you speak about it as it was watching the surveillance video from where, mm -hmm. the, where the end of the, you know, the ordeal kind of came together. And, right. and, I'll, and I'll tell you where it, where it struck me the most, right? And then we'll mm -hmm. sort of go back and talk about it. But... In the end of the surveillance video, you find your way to just the, it seems like you just continued to the, as far back into this building that you went into as you possibly could. And right. Well, I, I was trying to find my way, like, behind the clerk's desk. I was looking for the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. I, yeah, I assumed you were, you were just trying to get as far away from the front of the building as you possibly right. could. But there exactly. was a moment where you either, I don't know, you couldn't go any further, whatever happened, but you're... You put your back on the wall and you kind of slunk down on the ground and grabbed your knees. And like in that yeah. moment, like watching you in that moment, I realized that I didn't have the first idea what happened to you and I couldn't imagine it. Y right. You know, and that's when I thought like I have to find this person and talk to them about this. Um, gotcha. You know, because I mean, you know, of being diagnosed at 15, but one of the things that I hear over and over again from people is like, oh, my, my child, my son, my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes you know, there's all these things in their life that they can't do now. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like what happened to you proves the exact opposite. So, exactly. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? So um, I, I, it, please take me through it as best as you, you know, as much as you want to. But where were you when it all happened and, and how did it start? And, and can we kind of walk through it a little bit? Yeah. So I was in my apartment. Um, well, not in my apartment. I was in my apartment parking lot. I just pulled up, got off of work and um, I you know, got out of my car, I was headed to my stairs and I heard somebody running behind me. So I turn around and I'm, you know, I'm stopping, like I'm thinking he needs help or something. But then I hear a gun cock and I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, and the whole time I'm just like, this, this, this can't be happening right now. Like I've, I've never, like, you know, you see stuff like this all the time in the news. I'm just like this, you always think this will never happen to me. Sure. And that, that, you know, was clearly shocking. So I was mainly in shock the whole time. Um, and so there, there was a lot going on, like in between, um, us leaving, like he made me get in my car and drive him around. Um, and, uh, we, like, it was like, I said, it was just a lot going on between getting in that car, driving him around and then him making me get in my own trunk. Like, let me say this to you. Like when you, once you're aware of the presence of a gun, it just, mm -hmm. it scrambled your brain, right? Exactly. And, and the thing that, that, that had me in shock the most was that I literally had nothing to defend myself. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have froze up as much if I had at least something. So did and you not have a purse? You, you know, not that you have, I didn't. 
But did you have your purse with you? Uh, yeah, I don't carry purses, so I didn't even have a purse. Um, I literally had in my hand. I had well, I had my book bag on because I had just came because I was studying earlier that day before work. So I grabbed my book bag, had it on my shoulder, um, had my phone in my hand and my keys. That was that was all I had. Um, yeah. So, so um, at I, first, I feel like at first you're driving uh, the car, and he is he in the front seat with you? He's in the back seat. He's um, in the back seat. He yeah, and then he makes his way to to the front because he made me stop and. Um, he actually tried to uh, rob two other people. Like he was like, "If you don't have anything, you're going to help me get it." So, so you didn't he, have any money, so you became the driver for his his crime his, spree, basically. Ex- exactly right. Yeah. Did you ever actually so physically that, see a gun? I did. Yeah. Um, he he had it pointed at me the whole time. Well, he had it pointed at me the whole time we were outside my car, like when it, when he first ran up on me, and he had it pointed at me the whole time while I was driving. So, um. So, so let me let me just stop you for a second because yeah. I want to give you a second, and to be perfectly honest, I want to give myself a second, uh, but yeah. because it's just it's overwhelming to hear, you, you know. Yeah. Um. So the the time frame is he, he gets in the car in the back seat with you. At some point, he becomes in the front seat. He recognizes. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you were like, my God, like I I'm in school. Like I don't have any. Yeah. I don't have any money. And and right. uh, and so and so he decides. Okay, if you don't have money, we'll get money from someone else. So, right. so he has you approach people who are wa- walking the street. Does he? Does he? Um, no, they're in their cars. Um, it was an older couple. Um, well, I'm assuming they were husband and wife. Um, they were about to pull into their driveway, and he made me get out the car and flag them down for a cigarette lighter. And they ended up um, just driving off because um, they were they like they were about to just go in their driveway and go in their house. Right. Um, but you know, luckily they caught on to you know at least felt something was suspicious, and they drove off. Um, and and the other uh, two, well, there was it was two women. I wouldn't say they were a couple, but um, they were just sitting in their front yard in there, just talking in their car with the light on. And he made me slow down beside them, but he said <laughs> that he didn't like the way I slowed down. That I slowed down like I was suspicious, and I'm thinking in my head, well, like I'm sorry, sir, I don't know how to rob people. <laughs> um, t- he's like, critiquing <laughs> your robbery skills, which, right, you, which um, you don't have any of, which <laughs> I don't have, right, I'm just like, I'm thinking in my head, like, really, guy? Like, I, how, how do I know how to slow the car down? So, I, you know, so I, was, I was just like, okay, like, so. <laughs> and, does, and does anything, so here, here, you're, how far, do you have any concept of time, really, how long you've been at this? So, um, I did have a, uh, Fitbit on. Um, at this point, well, I, I wasn't checking the time when he uh, had had me driving, but I did check it as soon as he put me in the trunk. Um, and so um, he, it started about like ten fifteen. I think I ended up in the trunk like about like probably like ten forty, ten forty ish. It was ten forty something. Wow, um, pretty. That's crazy. So, that's that's over yeah. a half an hour of being in the presence of a person who's pointing a gun at you. Exactly. Like. It was like I said. It was just. It was a really, really long night. Yeah, like, no kidding. And I just wanted it to be over. Yeah, like, right. And and let me let me ask you this. So you know, everyone who has diabetes leaves the house pretty much with the same thought in the back of their head, right? Like, do I have? Mm-hmm. Is there a juice in my purse or candy, or do I have a way to like stop my blood sugar from getting low if I have to? Mm-hmm. And it's something that people. I think it's omnipresent. Like you don't think about it, think about it, but it is a consideration for you when you go out the door. When, right. when something this horrific happens to you, does it overpower that? Do you not even can do you have did you ever once during this thing think I have diabetes? Like I wonder if I'm okay if I or did it just never come into your head? 
I did actually. Um, and the crazy thing is, like, before um, he put me in the trunk, he like, you know, patted me down, checked my pockets, and all that stuff. And he he patted where my insulin pump was in my pocket, and he was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Please don't touch that. I have diabetes. Like, if you take it off, I'll get sick." Like that was, you know, because he was gonna to, like, take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but at the time I wasn't even thinking about the backlight. I was really just thinking like, please don't take this off. I don't know how long this, this is going to go on. I really don't want to get sick. Like, um, right. Because if he takes sick or you don't, I guess you're not thinking about it in the moment, but in hindsight, looking back, this went on for, you know, hours. It could have gone on for days. He could have taken you somewhere afterwards. And, and so you tried to just minimize the idea of what this thing was, because it's not like you were about to give him a lesson in insulin and how it works in your body. Right. But just, you gave him the idea of like, look, you you can't take this from me. Right. Right. Exactly. But that didn't stop. I guess he's in too far at that point. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's going to go, oh, I didn't realize you have diabetes. My grandmother has diabetes. Why don't you go ahead and go right. home now? Yeah, you, right. you didn't find like a connecting moment with you or something like that. It was like, oh, right. I, I, I'm so sorry. But but yeah. so, okay, so at some point he becomes, obviously his plan or the lack of a plan is is showing itself and 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 you get literally tossed into the, the trunk of your own car. Right. And so now what is he doing now driving around trying to use your ATM card or? Yeah. Um, well, I had my wallet hitting under my seat, but I guess cause like he was driving pretty fast and like having to stop a lot and all that stuff. So I guess all the commotion caused my wallet to slide from under the seat. And so, um, by then he's like, why do you have all these cards in your wallet? Like you're, you've been lying to me. I'm like, okay, just take the money. Like I, I, yeah, I didn't want like any, I didn't want him to get any madder than he was because he was already mad about the failed, you know, robbery attempts. And so. And how bad you are slowing <clears throat> down. Right. right exactly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm just like, here, just, you know, take it. I don't have much on there, but this is what I have. And, um, so we went to a couple of gas stations that that gas station wasn't even the first one I went to. Um, and he couldn't get, you know, much out. I, well, the car wasn't working. I don't I have no idea why. But it wasn't working. It wasn't letting get anything out. And the most he could get out was $100. And so, you know, he's upset about that. And uh, I guess this is about the, the sec- after the second gas station we've been to, he's, like, just calling out all kinds of threats, like, and of, like, killing me or, like, sexual sexual acts and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I have to get out of this trunk. Like, because I'm just, you know, and that's pretty much when the panic set in when he put me in the trunk because I was in the dark, no idea where I met, who this man is, where he's driving to, like, and I just, you know, I, I, I panicked. I did. I, I started like hyperventilating and, and crying. Like I just didn't know what to do. But then I finally calmed myself down. I was thinking like, okay, I have to get out of this trunk. And, but I didn't know how. So like, I would like, I knew like the, um, the backseat of the car, you know, would fold down if needed to. But I'm like, I don't think you can do that from the tr- inside of the trunk. So I was, you know, like trying to make sure I, could if you could or not you know without trying to make any noise or anything and that of course didn't work and so I'm just I'm like okay and then I'm laying there and um I'm thinking and I'm like I remember seeing a video on Facebook like hey like there's there's trunk latches you know like if you know if you ever need to get out like there's a trunk latch and I'm like but I remember it saying it glows in the dark and I'm just, I'm looking around like there's literally nothing, nothing going in the dark. In the dark yeah. Nothing going in the dark. So I'm like, crap, I don't have one. But I'm like, I'm still going to look around for something like a, you know, like a, a you know, a crack somewhere where maybe I can, you know, get through it or anything like that. But I'm like, 
you know, like I said, still laying there. And then I've got the idea, like, to use the backlight on my pump. Like, I, and it wasn't a, it's not a bright light at all, but it was bright enough to, to light up, you know, so like I literally had to put it against the wall of the trunk to find, you know, find everything. Right. That's how dim the light was, but it was enough light for me to see. And you found, and you found that latch eventually. Right. So let me, let me go back a little bit and ask you a couple of questions because you said some pretty Mm -hmm. interesting stuff in there. So when you were with him in the car and it was a, even though it was a completely screwed up, effed up situation, it was still a human situation. There's this angry person and he was, and you were having, but as soon as he took you away from him and put you in the trunk without, without having to deal with him moment to moment, you're, that's how, that's when the I was able came. to think, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you, and so you panicked, you pulled yourself back together and then you were able to really start thinking about yourself. It, let me ask you when, when he starts saying, you know, if we're not going to find money, I'm going to kill you. Or like you, you were saying also, I'm, I'm assuming he was saying some fairly unpleasant things about assaulting you. Right. And right. so, um, when, when that's happening, is that, does that ramp it up for you? You're like, wow, I got, I got to get out of here. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I was already in panic mode. Like I said, just being in there and knowing I couldn't get out my on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we started when he got mad, like I said, cause it wasn't working. And I'm like, he's like, all right, we're going to try one more ATM. And I'm just like, okay, like I need to get, I need to get out of this trunk. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know how, but I need to get out of it. Like, so, so there's, I mean, I'll, I'll try to find the video and link it to a blog post or something so that people can see it. But I mean, there's, it, it really is, it's horrifying to watch because you pulled up in front of a gas station. And so there's surveillance video from out front, there's uh-huh. surveillance video inside, like, you know, so even, and so, you know, as it, you know, I want you to kind of describe it kind of step by step as we talk about, it. but the first thing that happened was he had pulled in like nose first into a parking spot. So by then you've got this you've got the latch in your hand by then. And you're, you're thinking, right. like, when am I going to get out of the car? Now I was believing, I was talking with my son about this last night. And I said to him, I said, you know, the, 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 I'm assuming that it went through Brittany's head that she doesn't want to spring from the trunk while he's there. Exactly. That's why I was like, I don't know when's a good time to do it, but I didn't, I wouldn't want to hop out and he's outside the car or, you know, like he would have, a way to get to me. Yeah, right. Or, he could have, yeah. Listen, he could have panicked and shot you. He could have like exactly. he could have just grabbed you and put you back again. Like he exactly. still got a gun. Whether you're right. you know, right there. And so, so in your mind, you thought when I need car, to do it when he's distracted. Well, so he's distracted. Right. And so while the car's moving, so now my first question is: is when he backs out of that parking spot, could you feel that you were moving? Like, did you know not to throw yourself out into the path of the car? Like, could you tell that was happening enough? Yeah, I felt us backing up, and so um, I just, I just, I knew it wouldn't have been smart to to do that while he's, you know, because of course I would have yeah. got hit by the car. So I was waiting until he got back and drive to to do it. And he started taking off so much faster than I thought he was. And I was like, oh crap! Like I need to go ahead and go ahead and jump now. Like so, yeah, and, and, it, it was not cool. a moment. And so you were in enough peril. There was not a moment's hesitation of flinging yourself out of a moving car. Well, I would not say that, okay, uh, Scott. Okay. Honestly, like <laughs> you thought about it for a second. As I, I, I really did because I opened it. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like, this is moving pretty fast. I don't know. How, like I'm, I literally have my right leg hanging out the car. I'm like, how do I do this? Like, how do I, how do I step out of this? And I'm like, okay, you know what? Forget it. You know, YOLO and jumped out. Like, now, now here's the part where I, 
I, as, as serious as I thought our conversation was going to be, I almost nearly laughed when you were introducing yourself at the beginning because you said because you said I ran track and I because in that surveillance video you hit the ground and you were moving I, full speed oh, in like two steps. I, I got yeah, I got up as soon as I literally touched the ground and took off like it. The, yeah, I, all my track skills, all my fast twitch muscles came in handy. <laughs> I almost can't wait to talk to my son again today. Not that he doesn't have diabetes. The other thing, because when we were talking last night at dinner, I was like, man, you should see this girl. Like she was flying when she, like, oh, yeah. and so, and, and well, then what strikes me next is you went through the front door of that gas station so quickly that when you oh, yeah. approach somebody for help, you frightened him. I did. I know. And I was just, I was like, look, like I was trying to get him away from me. Like I'm trying to explain as I'm still trying to get away, but I'm like, look, get away from me. <laughs> like there's a guy trying to rob me. Like, it like, was such a, he, yeah, it yeah. was such, I'm, I'm now talking like it happened to me, but it was such an interesting situation because it, yeah. even without sound, it was clear you burst through that door so quickly and came at that man that he started backing up like, yo, what's happening? And at right. the same time, you could see that you were trying to convey something to him, but you mm -hmm. wanted to keep moving. Right. 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 And exactly. it was just, is that, did I have that right? Yeah. Oh man, it was, it is so frightening to watch. Like, like, because yeah. you can, I mean, it's. Difficult to imagine that you could feel someone's fear without the audio. You, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But you, I, I imagined you were like, guy, gun, car, I'm out of here. And, and yeah, you know, like, jeez. Okay. All right, let's stop for a second because now I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so like I said, so I in, through the surveillance video, I see, you can tell you're making your way through the building. But are mm -hmm. you speaking – like what are you saying out loud while you're, in the, while you're inside? So um, I actually do have a video – surveying of what I'm saying but basically like um I run in he tries to grab me I'm like no 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 you don't understand like there's somebody trying to rob me like I'm still trying to get past him and he's still trying to hold me and I'm like no like you like go take care of that like let me get behind this counter basically like right and was that so. guy was that gentleman uh was he uh, an employee of the, of the store or was he just I don't know if he was an employee or not but um like I don't know if he was like an owner or employee but he he was he knew the the um the people behind there, like he was back there with us as well. So okay. because, I don't know what his position was, but because Brittany, you're listen, I'm going off of some odd surveillance video of you being basically yeah. abducted, but you're tall, right? Like you're, yeah, yeah. I'm five, seven. Okay. Cause he was, he was quite taller than you. And, and yet yeah. I thought you were tall when I saw you in, in the, in the, in the image. So, um, because now that's an interesting situation. Now I have a, a, a person's running at me and saying, Hey, there, did you mention a gun when you came in? Do you know? I actually, I don't remember. I think I did. I think did I did. Yeah, um, because that might have got, I might have ran right with you. I, but I might yeah. have like, well, let's all go to But the he was so busy door. trying to stop me. And I'm like, like I, you know, like, get out my way. Like, I, yeah. But I, I can understand, like, his point. But I, in my mind, I was like, I have one track mind to get behind that, that, um, that clerk thing. Because I know they had a bulletproof glass, so. And that's what you were trying to get behind. Right. Wow. But well, at least you could think. And listen, it's it's funny too. Like you can see where someone's running at you. Once you realize they need help, you want to try to like settle them so you can talk to them. Mm -hmm. But I could also see where you would you want to flee. You also probably do not want to be restricted by another human being you don't know. Right. And, and exactly. you know, and and all of those those other sorts of aspects of it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So at some point, I mean, the car didn't come back, right? The driver, the person who had your car, he didn't come back for you. Right. So you don't know if he even knows when he was aware that you were out of the car or um i um i didn't know until like i saw like a replay of the video like when i hopped out he 
hit the brakes, but then he kept going. He didn't like like slam on brakes. He just tapped them, slowed down a little bit, but then he kept going. So I'm pretty sure he noticed, but he, you know, figured it was too late at he, that point. He had to cut and run at that point. Like he this had, right. this had failed for him, and he needs to get out of it now. And, and right, so, so yeah, he took off. They did exactly. find your car at some point. They did. Um, they found it not too far from that gas station, and it actually was still running. Wow. So, um, yeah. Have there now, how we're talking on, I have to look, I never know the date, Brittany. We're talking on the 22nd of March. How long ago did this happen to you? The 14th. So Tuesday, last wow. Tuesday. Jeez. Okay. And has this person been found? Do they identify them or has anything like that happened yet? Not to my knowledge. Um, they've been pretty much keeping me in the loop with everything, but, um, so far, like I don't have any information. So. Yeah. Well, and so what is that? You know, I, I don't want to. I'm trying to be sensitive at the same time. Get the story out, but what does that feel like to know that? I mean, he knows where he grabbed you, right? Yeah. And that was your apartment, and right. you've been on the Today Show, and you're, you know, you're talking to other people about it. And so, right. um, do you? Are you staying at your apartment right now, or? Oh no, I haven't been back to the apartment um, since that night. Like I've, I've came back to like move stuff because we're definitely moving um i wouldn't be surprised and, if you told me you weren't in alabama right now by the way oh but, yeah, yeah I, i'm going home as well yeah i'm going okay. <laughs> i'm actually going home this weekend uh but yeah i definitely am staying um absolutely nowhere near that apartment it's actually almost an hour out um and uh, like i said i've only been back to pack up stuff because we're moving out of there i um, mean i definitely will not like ever go there by myself i haven't gone there by myself yeah i can't imagine you could i mean honestly it's you know i think it's something that that gets over you know i don't know if it gets overlooked but you know like i told you my daughter's 12 you know she's Mm -hmm. all like five one and weighs like 92 pounds and Mm -hmm. you know last week they had a day off from school and she said hey me and my friends want to go bowling and all i could Mm -hmm. think was i don't want to take some kids bowling i'm like all right you know and she goes no no no, i don't want you to come drop us off and i was like oh you idiot i'm not leaving you and your friends by yourself at a bowling alley and when she starts asking me why and i start saying all these things like it just you know like you just never know you never know like and you can't and listen i don't live my life in fear as it doesn't sound like you did prior to this either but at the same time common sense will tell you and your situation is even is a reflection of that because you're five seven you're athletic you're Mm -hmm. you're not at a loss for how to take care of yourself and still it takes one person holding a gun to end all of the ways you could take care of yourself you you know right you stop being you know i mean you can't run right because you're afraid i might get shot if i run away you can't you can't fight you can't you know there's you're stuck and so I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, it's such a fresh idea, but are you considering how to, I mean, the mental health side of this for yourself? Are you looking into ways to help yourself? Because I can imagine it's not going to just leave you. Right. Um, I definitely have, like, developed some kind of um, paranoia, especially, you know, not knowing if he's still there. So, like, just being uh, out and about, you know, granted, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know where I am. Like I said, I'm an hour out, but still, like, it's just, the fact of I've lost my sense of security. Like, um, and so I been talking with um, my professors at school um, and they actually recommended a um, therapist for me to start going to. Um, and I've, I've been looking into that. I'm actually supposed to set an appointment up today, but um, I, I definitely need something because I, like, I just feel like my, Peace of mind is gone. Um, like I said, my sense of security is gone. Like, um, 
So it's, it's definitely been a lot to deal with. I know it's, it's only been a week. Um, and of course, you know, things like this definitely take time, but it's, it's still overwhelming. Like it's just a feeling I've never felt before, never had to talk to anybody that's dealt with it before. And so the fact that, you know, I'm having to deal with this is just a lot on me. Like, yeah. Yeah. there's nowhere to get this kind of advice. You can't turn to a friend and say, Hey, about that time you were carjacked, abducted and like at a gun pointed at you, what did you, like, you can't, there's no one to talk to. I'm thrilled. Exactly. I'm thrilled that they're, that you're going to find like a professional that can, that can help you go through it because it just, it's, you know, it's, it, it, listen, you're 25, I'm 45. I have a 12 year old daughter. I hear your story. I feel parental about it because my daughter Mm -hmm. has diabetes too. I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, gosh, what if she was separated just from the simplicity of the juice box that she carries with her, you Mm -hmm. you know, that we use to make sure she doesn't, you know, pass out, die, have a seizure, like, you know, in a, in a panic situation. And then to think that, you know, you still come home and, you know, all this has happened to you, but you still have diabetes. You still have type one. Like exactly. you still have to get up in the morning and count your carbs and, and, you know, deal with your spikes and your lows. And, and right. it's not like you're, it's not like you can go home today and just be like, Hey, today I'm not going to think about anything. Cause you're right. Always, that, life didn't stop. Yeah, like, right, right, right. So, you, and you have extra yeah. things to think about just like everybody right. who has type one does. You have extra right. things to think about. So, mm-hmm. um, my gosh, Brittany, I, first of all, I, can't thank you enough for doing this because I, I can't I can't imagine how much it's probably not pleasant to recount what happened. Right. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I guess as, as, a, as I hope this doesn't feel like a stretch to people, but kind of alluded to it in the beginning. You were I don't even know what the right word is, by the way. Do you feel like you were kidnapped, abducted? Like what what do you say when you say it to somebody? Um, well, I, I would say more of abducted like um like i, I really don't know how to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, you were I tied up in a warehouse it, yeah. and ransomed or something like that that i think of right yeah like right? i wasn't yeah yeah but let's just say some really terrible thing happened to you and and you like f- you got through it with with your with type one like i like there's so many people are like oh wait can you imagine you know, what if I got, what if my kid got stuck at the mall for an extra hour with the diabetes and I couldn't get to them? Or like, you hear people talk all the time about like these things that they're scared of with diabetes, but you mm-hmm. were abducted, thrown in a trunk, had a gun pointed at you, escaped all with diabetes. Like, like, right. they, they make, if you can, like, you can do anything. Seriously, seriously, <laughs> right. you, you really can do anything. And I bet you at the moment it doesn't feel like that, but, but you really can. Like if, if anybody can come through this, if anybody has the idea the knowledge, like kind of the life skills of how to persevere through some really terrible stuff. You know, mm-hmm. maybe this is a weird thing. Maybe your 10 years with type one has taught you how to keep going. You, you know what I mean? Like- it, it honestly has. And like the crazy thing is like this, like I said, I, um, my anniversary each year is Valentine's Day, um, you know, of being diagnosed with diabetes. And I posted a really long post on um, Facebook about like how, Usually when this day comes around, like I'm sad and upset and angry that, you know, that I I was diagnosed in the first place. Um, And it took me, honestly, it took me until about three years ago to look at it more as a blessing than a curse. Like um, I, I was definitely ashamed to have to carry around all this stuff and, and have to have all these like all this equipment hooked up to me, like, or like, I just felt like my pump was just always in the way. And so, um, but like I said, on Valentine's day, I posted that and I was like, you know, I, I need to look at this day of what it is. This day, this day is a day of love. This is 
God's love show, like showing me that he loved me enough to survive with diabetes this long without any huge and major health issues. Like he's been watching over me and keeping me like, you know, up to par. Like I, I like every time I go to the doctor's office, they're like, Oh, you're, you're one of the healthiest diabetics I've met, you know, like stuff like that. So um, it definitely is, you know, a blessing. And especially like, you know, to think about it, like this pump is literally keeping me alive and it kept me alive that night. Yeah. That's, that's, it and that, that's life. just, that's just a whole, like a huge thing to me. And I'm just like, like, that's really what keeps playing in my head. Like this thing, you know, keeps me functioning through the day, keeps me able to do my, you know, daily activities and it, it's keeping me alive and healthy. And it also kept me from, well, in, you know. in some sort of strange way, if you hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes, you wouldn't have had the pump on you and you would have just exactly been, would have been in the trunk in the dark room in the dark. Exactly. And so it is, I mean, that's a, a strange route to get to feeling good about it. But I, I think mm-hmm. that, I think that your message is one that I've, I've also espoused and I really truly believe. And I think that, you know, I always sort of say it like this, like there's nothing I wouldn't do, you know, to, to make type one diabetes go away for everybody. And if you gave exactly. me the choice, I'd make it go away in a heartbeat. But I also mm-hmm. don't ignore some of the real amazing like benefits that I've seen it, mm-hmm. you know, a side of health for my daughter. Like my daughter is mm-hmm. a real, you know, she is a badass like you, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's not, a, nothing holds her back. She's not, you know, I've seen her get knocked down. I've seen her, I've told the story in here before. I've seen her pitch in a, in a softball game, get hit in the knee, find out mm-hmm. the next day that her knees fractured, but she didn't stop playing, you know, you, oh, know, wow. you know, where like other 12 year olds, you know, they, I see them bumped in the head and they're like, Oh, you don't, you don't see him for a week. You know, where's Jimmy? Right, How come he's yeah. not at practice? You don't remember. He bumped his head three weeks ago. He can't come. You know, <laughs> my daughter's like laying exactly. on the ground with these giant tears coming out of her eyes. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to do? She goes, well, let me stand up and see if I can throw another pitch. And oh. I was like, okay. And she did. And she looked at me and she's like, I'm good. And we mm-hmm. left the field. She pitched the inning. She laid down a bunt. She ran it out to first. She hit again the inning afterwards. Mm-hmm. She pitched another inning. And then finally she looked over at me. A half an hour after it happened, she sort of gave me the high sign. Like, okay, you know what, buddy? I think I, that's enough. You know, um, But, but <laughs> yeah. I wasn't making her do it. I would have been happy to take her out of the game in two seconds if she wanted to. But it just mm-hmm. – her life doesn't lend to just giving up so easily. You, you, exactly. You, you know, and so um, – you know, and, and in a million other ways, like just the, the maturity that I see on her and, you know, the, the idea that, that things can't hold her back and, and just all these great things that are coming to her, mm-hmm. they don't come without type one. Now, you know, again, I'd give those things away if I mentioned it course, diabetes, course, but yeah. in, in a world where that doesn't exist, you can't overlook the good things that come from it too, uh-huh. you know, and, and you obviously you got the big one now. Like you're the winner. You, you, know, you, <laughs> you know, the great thing that came to you is way better than the great thing that comes to most people. You had this little thing in your pocket that let you right. see that handle in the trunk, and that is just, you know, that's not to be explained. It's just, it's, you know, it's fantastic. I'm not a very religious person, but that's pretty much a religious experience right there. Um, you know, like I mean, really, that's just spectacular. And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm assuming that I'm assuming that you'll you probably like that pump a lot more today than you did two weeks ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, and like I said, like it, it took me a while to accept it, but now even, you know, even more, I'm just like, this thing is literally a lifesaver. Like, 
Yeah, well, Brittany, can you talk? I mean, we're I'm, we're we're about ten minutes away from an hour, and I I won't hold you more than an hour. But but talk. But if you can, if you can kind of shift gears from I was abducted back to diabetes for a second, can you talk about that a little bit? Because, um, you know, there's different cultures. You know, see illness differently. You know, you're kind of you know some people get treated differently by their family, some people by their community, and and you're saying you know it was a burden. It was something you didn't want to be carrying stuff around. You didn't want people to see it. Um, right. but now you feel differently about it. Do you, can you kind of put your finger on the moment when you started feeling differently? Um, like I said, it was about like three years ago, uh, maybe three, maybe four. Um, and I just like, especially, okay. So being an athlete, like it just made it 10 times harder. Like you were having to keep up with all this stuff as well as your, your, you know, your competition stuff. And so I just always felt like I was lagging behind. I'm like, you know, they were like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go warm up with this. Like, all right, let me take my sugar. But like, it just felt like I was always in the way. I felt like, um, you know, I just, I just felt like a burden. But then, you know, like, it honestly, like, my friends, they, like, seeing how supportive they were was carrying, like, extra snacks or extra, like, um, glucose tablets and monitors in their bags and making sure I was good before I was making sure I was good, you know, like stuff like that. It just helped me realize like, I'm not in this alone. Like I, I have so many people behind me wanting to make sure that I'm good and that I'm healthy and that I can do like be my best. And so, um, I just, I just looked at it more of, like I said, like a good thing than a bad thing, like a, more of a, less of a burden than how I used to think it was. And so, um, I just, you know, I actually became happier <laughs> uh, once I was able to accept, like, okay, this is going to be a part of me for the rest of my life. Like, this is something I'm stuck with. So if I want to be stuck with it, I might as well enjoy it, you know? So, like, I'll I'll make, you know, jokes with my friends. I'll call, like, my pump and my um my glucose monitor, like, uh, robot parts. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, let me make sure, make sure all my robot parts are good. Like, <laughs> and they, you know, I think it's hilarious. But I'm like, you know, they are my robot parts. They're, you know, keeping me functioning, keeping me going, like, so... Um, it definitely was an, an eye opener and I've definitely like been able to be more at peace about my diagnosis. Like it, it doesn't define me. It's not me. Like most people don't know unless I tell them or unless I have to whip out my glucose monitor. Like I, I always refuse to let it define me because, um, it, you know, you, you, you've, um, you know, you've seen what it can do to people if it gets out of hand. Um, and so if you, if that burden if that burden hits you so hard and you can't get out from under it, there are, there are too many examples of people who just mm-hmm. get rolled over by it and can't, can't pull themselves back up again. And, right. And it, exactly. it's, it's, you know, you found it through, I mean, basically you have your own little personal community of support and that, mm-hmm. and then you got to see, you know, at some point you got to see, Hey, these people don't see me any differently than they see each other. Exactly. And, and, you know, they've got my back and maybe I should stop seeing myself differently too. Right. Yeah, that, like that support is huge. Yes. Like it's, it's definitely a huge thing when it comes to, you know, stuff like diabetes and everything. Well, Brittany, I will say this to you and it won't strike you right away and you might not know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to tell you, but you coming on and telling your story today, you just became like a support system for a lot of people. So, you know, you get to be part of somebody else's sort of virtual community. And, and as I told you, you know, before we started kind of recording, you know, the, the feedback that I always get from people that is most overwhelming is I, I listen to someone's story 
and I found myself in their story. And through that, mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, move on, get do blah, 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 whatever they needed to do. They right. often, they often find through someone else. So somebody's going to find themselves through you when this, when this goes up and, and you'll be, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be part of how somebody else feels happy and starts naming their pump weird things and laughing about right. it. Like you, you know, like I really, I really yeah. think that. And I really, I, I, I really appreciate that you put yourself out like this so that you could, uh, so you could be that person for somebody else because, you know, most people come on and tell their story and their stories, it's not your story, which is right. very unique, you know? So, um, yeah. I just want to wish you a ton of luck and thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you. I thank you for, you know, reaching out and inviting me on it. So yeah, listen, Brittany, let, listen, let's get back together, you know, um, some months or a year from now and yeah. just talk about diabetes instead of terrible stuff in diabetes. Right. And, you know, um, right. and I just want to personally wish you well, and, and I hope that the road that you that you take to you know putting this behind you as best you can. I, I hope it's a quick one for you. Thank you. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I hope you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Brittany for coming on and sharing this incredible and scary and fresh story. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. There's uh, Some of Brittany's friends have put together a GoFundMe campaign. Brittany's hoping to sell the car that this happened with and get a different car. I don't think it's something she wants to ever get back into again. Also, uh, she's looking to connect with other people with type 1 diabetes, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes to her Instagram account. Thanks also to Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or use the links in your show notes to find out more. Don't forget to subscribe in whatever app you're listening in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes. 